Friends, our Bible reading this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 5 from verse 1. You'll find it on page 1132 of the Bibles. Romans 5, 1 to 11. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's been a glorious uh, couple of weeks. I've been spending lots of time in the borough of Haringey. I spent quite recently a day prayer walking across the borough. And last weekend, I led a confirmation service at St. James Muswell Hill. Last Thursday, I had the most phenomenal time at a glorious celebration at Holy Trinity School in the middle of Tottenham, across the road from Holy Trinity Church, where the remarkable Father Boomy has officiated for a very long period indeed. I met countless numbers of good and faithful servants of Jesus Christ and it has cheered my soul enormously. At Holy Trinity School, as you may know, we reopened the school 10 years ago, and it was a great birthday celebration, a party to celebrate transformed education. Over the course of this 10 years, this school has gone from requires improvement to good, And now Ofsted say that our church school in Tottenham, one of our church schools in Tottenham, is outstanding. Six years ago, I went to a celebration where this particular school was the most improved school in Haringey, the fourth most improved school in London. Why am I saying this? Well, part of that dramatic improvement, it seems to me, is that we witness in that and in all of our church schools wonderful Christian communities. 
rooted in an understanding that Jesus is profoundly at work in our schools, building community, shaping flourishing human beings who know that they are loved unconditionally. There are adult after adult after adult in these schools who live out the vision of the schools, not just by lip service. But you speak to our teachers, perhaps there are teachers here this morning, who strive for the education and the shaping of our children with every fibre in their beings to give them the best start in life. It's remarkable to see Christ at work in this way. I share this because I was also amazed some years ago by the story of Prey Haringey. A number of Christian pastors shared with me that about 15 years ago, they recognised that educational provision in this borough really did need to be improved. And they shared with me the intentional prayer walks that went on, where a group of pastors and others went from school to school, praying outside each of the school gates for those children and that Jesus would be proclaimed in each of those places. This intentional prayer walking, this pounding of the streets by those effectively who have gone before us in so many ways, praying down the gift of the Spirit to bring transformation. And now we have the fruits of those prayers. School by school in this borough, new leadership being appointed education provision improving. What a joy in speaking with the leader of the Council of Haringey just last week, where she shared with me that every one of this borough's primary schools is either good or outstanding. Education has been transformed in this borough and we must give glory to God for these amazing starts in life for our children here. And through this transformation, we see the role of Christians who have reimagined a flourishing community and they've done something about it because prayer matters. Our shared ministry matters amongst other Christians, both here in church and just as importantly, out there on our streets, in our homes and amongst our children. Now, why am I saying this today? Well, we've just heard that extraordinary reading from Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome. This beginning section of chapter five is aimed at individual Christians. He's speaking to you, he's speaking to me as individuals. And he's asking us to root ourselves in this reading, to really strive to know our own identity. What are we for? What are we about? What is it we're here to do and be? He strives us to know that sense of our own purpose, 
recognizing that we're also broken and in need of Jesus Christ. You'll notice the following section, which wasn't read out this morning, Paul's attention changes that we think of the implications, not just for individuals, but also for the wider community and how individuals make and build community and how Christian communities affect and change the wider structures of society in which we live. That means that you matter. Your living out of your Christian faith matters, Paul reminds us. But so does the person who you're sitting next to. Their Christian ministry matters as well. Paul is reminding us that any sense of community transformation begins with me. I don't mean that as the bishop. I mean as each of us, as individuals. It is rooted in a right understanding of who we are and our sense of identity. What does it mean to be a disciple? What does it mean, therefore, to be a lifelong learner in Jesus Christ? And Paul is speaking today, reminding us of the justified Christian who is reconciled to God, that they will be saved as they share in the hope of Christ's risen life. Friends, this reality, this our identity, is deeply profound and transformatory when we live this out in community. And Paul reminds us particularly this morning of those gifts of new life being found in the gifts of peace and hope. Peace and hope. So let's start with peace. What does peace look like for you? When we think of having peace through Jesus Christ, what does that look like in your day-to-day lives? What you do on a Monday morning? I often reflect the fact that this is a far cry, this image of peace is a far cry from just trying to be peaceful. Where all we do is try and get on with one another. Brush perhaps difficulties and difference under the carpet. It's all right, because we're just going to get on all right. That's not this kind of peace that Paul is writing about. I remember once speaking to a former speaker of Hackney when I was the rector of Hackney. We were discussing the creation of Peace Week and what Peace Week would look like in that community. And it seemed to me that the ideology behind the week was actually, how do we just get on with each other? But when we look at peace through Jesus Christ, this kind of peace goes much deeper It means that conflicts need to be looked at in detail and not brushed under the carpet. If that's the way that God dealt with conflict, we would not be led to Jesus upon the cross. The conflict in Ukraine will not end by people just agreeing to live nicely with one another. The conflict which has caused a million people to leave their homes in northern Mozambique will not end by people just agreeing that they'll live nicely with one another. Too much has happened in these particular conflicts. 
There are underlying issues that need to be worked through. And peace, as we know, as we have seen from struggles in Northern Ireland, which rear their heads every so often, as we've seen recently, which is why the political aspects of this work is so important. Peace is a very painful process indeed, if we are taking it seriously. Paul reminds us that peace is the mark of this justified faith in Jesus Christ. Peace is ultimately rooted in the cross and resurrection. And we see this in the accounts of the resurrection of Jesus, particularly in John's gospel. Time and time again, when Jesus appears to the disciples and he stretches out his hands, bearing the marks of the crucifixion. This is what peace requires in order to get there. And the first thing he utters, as you will know, time and time again amongst his disciples, is not hello, it is peace be with you. The ultimate gift of the resurrection, only made possible through the cross. Peace be with you. He says. So, as Christians, our calling is to live out cross shaped lives, which means that we're called to be peacemakers, peace builders, not those who break things down, but peacemakers to live in peace and not just peacefully keeping our heads down, trying not to rock the boat. Paul reminds us today that this is a clear indication on how we are called to live our lives as those who are justified by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is where we find our identity and we have peace with the Father through God's intervention in Christ. In the power of the Holy Spirit, we are assured. Peace isn't something that you can nip into Tesco's and buy over the counter. We have peace. It's a clear identity which is bought through Christ's mediation, living out the Father's gift of salvation. We have peace through God's present influence upon human beings who know that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and has defeated our death. Peace, a prime shape of living a resurrected life begins with our personal expression as having peace, but then is lived out in the context of others in community. A peace that draws ourselves into God's divine presence, beautifully attractive or painfully frightening to others. So I wonder, what does your peace look like in your identity in Christ. What does your peace look like on a Monday morning? Paul then continues in the letter, as you'll note, where he speaks of the confidence that comes from justification of being rooted in hope. Hope. So my second question for you to ponder, what does your hope look like in Jesus Christ? Our calling as Christians, Paul is urging, is knowing that we are justified and being boastful of hope, which speaks of the glory of God. 
not boastful in our own vanity, our own sense of self-importance, but boastful in hope, which speaks and points towards the glory of God. That even in the face of hardships, when things are difficult, we are rooted in hope, shaped by brokenness. Hardships themselves are not a barrier. How do we therefore root ourselves in a future when things are turbulent, where we pray for endurance, and these things can shape our identity, shape our character, to enable us to point towards the living out of the hope that it is Christ who brings us to on account of his action, his sacrificial love. God's hope for us, God's hope for Haringey, God's hope for this church and for our shared community is founded upon his outrageous love for humanity. This shapes all that Paul is doing with his people, with God's people, both here in Rome and here in Haringey. We are told rooted in the gift of the Spirit. Indeed, Paul also reminds us that we are helpless. We are helpless. And we know what it means to be enemies of God, unjustified in ourselves, incapable of doing anything before God. Yet in Christ, we marvel at the sheer gratuitous character of the altruism that God brings. That ultimately, it is God on the cross who died for the ungodly. This is our hope. So what does your peace look like? What does your hope look like? And how do we live this out in relationship? The relationship that Paul points us towards in the gift of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, that of the Trinity, where the Spirit is at work, we are told, through Christ. A Spirit who, as we know, leads us into all truth. We also witness in this reading that such justification comes through the death of Jesus, where the sinner, the enemy of God, in the death of Christ will find peace and reconciliation. Here he speaks of through the cross. The previous chapter, Paul speaks of through the resurrection. You can't have one without the other, it seems to me. Friends, this reading is an extraordinary reading. Paul is here drawing us in. He's reminding us of the importance to shape all responses, to shape our identity and our character in both cross and resurrection. That in the cross and the resurrection, we become justified, not because of what we do, but because of what Jesus has done. And the outworking of living out this relationship as those who are justified looks like peace, looks like hope in the midst of trials and endurances that follow. Friends, some minutes ago, I spoke of education in this borough. 
and the roles that Christians have played in the transformation of the educational landscape in this borough. A symbol of the outworking of the love of God in this place. It's almost as if the reading that Paul gives to us today has come alive by the ministry and actions of Christians who have trod the the pavements before us. But so what? So what in 2023? What of you as an individual? What of us as a church community? I wonder what it is now that God is calling us to be in terms of prophetic builders. Where in our community now are crying out for those gifts of peace and hope that we live out because we are justified in our faith through the Lord Jesus Christ? What jumps out in this community for us now? What is God's imagination, God's desire as he draws us out of our church buildings to transform the very unjust structures of society in which people do live? What does it mean now to be justified in that faith? So my friends, it begins with me. It begins with you. Recognising our identities are shaped in peace. That we're called to be hope. And as disciples, this continuing transformation of this community to become more Christ-like becomes all the more evident. Knowing that as we leave church in a few moments' time, as we will do, Everyone we see, every house we walk past, there are people there who are loved unconditionally. So what? Well, it does begin with me. It begins with us. It begins here. It begins now.